Good evening, everyone. Uh, episode number, what are we up to? 75. Should know that year. Um, it was a great year. A great man was born right then. 75. Um, of it's episode 75 of So What's Been Happening. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of June. Time's ticking on. It's a little bit fresh tonight. Um, coming to you live from a little shack called Montmorency. Um, here we go. All right. Let's uh, let's just see what Cuz is up to, mate. Look at Cuz, Casper the Ghost behind you. Hello, mate. What's going? Let's talk about that. What's going later on? Hi, Az. Yeah. How's your week been so far? Halfway through, hump day. Yeah, not bad, mate. We're uh, we're battling through, battling through. Um, yeah, fair to say. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do a quick cross to uh, to the man on the streets. We're going for a bit of street talk. Who knows? Man, the people. Could get a bit of straight talk tonight. Here he is, Mr. Merrillbark. G'day, mate. How are you, Wavy? How are you, Tiprats? It is absolutely. It is. It is absolutely freezing. Sure is. It is so cold. It is so cold. Um, I've got another ten-minute walk going up a hill. So if you hear me starting to pant a little bit, it's probably why. <laughs> Tommy reminds everyone of the Monty Meander when he walks 500 metres and he's absolutely spent. So, uh, yes. yeah, anyway. Anyway, it's a good night. It's a fresh night. Not a cloud in the sky at it here at Moorlebach. So, yeah. What's it like at Monty? Snow? <laughs> bit fresh, mate. Bit fresh. Mate, any chance for a random door knock? Oh, you want me to just knock on people's doors randomly? <laughs> A bit of yeah. light would be good. Any bit, of clo- bit, of clo- bit of clothesline shopping like I used to do at the age of 10. That was always fun. <laughs> clothesline shopping. No um, anyway, I'm walking across the main road now. Do you like how there's literally no fucking lights though? Yeah, it's, Bloody hell. It's, not, it's not, uh, not the place to be walking. No. No, that's okay. That's okay. I'm walking because of a reason that I'll talk about probably at the end of the program too. Right, I look forward to that. Fair enough. Yeah. So, nice. uh, put me backstage for the next ten, and yep. I'll come back on. Right, I'm looking forward mate. to seeing you. On that note, go Murubat. Who is uh, <laughs> who is the local team at Murubak, mate? The Murubak Watts. Uh, we actually play them. Look, they'll play them. Play Murubak. They're actually going all right. So you don't know who they are? I do know. I do know that. Um, I do know. Um, who are they? Um, 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 no magpies. No, no, not magpies. Let's cross in back to Mister Murlbark. He might know. Oh, he's, he's back. Any chance? Do you know, Lovey? Sadly, he's on mute, so we won't be able to use him. All right. Um, we'll find that out before the end of the show because it's too good a. Too good a town to uh, to not know whose footy team it is. All right, mate. Um, the job hunt. Let's kick off with that. Um, well, mate, the job hunt has become successful. It's an interesting environment, isn't it? Uh, trying to find work. Everyone out there that's not employed, um, yeah, he's, he's doing it tough, fair to say. Uh, looking for a job isn't easy. Um, tell us a little bit about the process you're going through, mate. It's um, it's an up and down roller coaster. Look, it's 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 interesting because like every time you go to a job interview, my take on it, my take on it is that you learn 
something about yourself because you get a chance to talk about yourself but also learn about the people you're speaking to as well and their sort of culture at the company that they're representing. But that said, I, I find now, and I've been doing it for a little while again, you're almost trying to give a, the answer they want to hear in a way, whereas you're not really talking about yourself. Yep. So you can be a bit guarded into the in the responses that you're given that. It's a little bit hard for you to do, cuz, not talk about yourself. I know, I'm, I'm very... Um... Listening, listening. <laughs> it's exactly right. Very, well, very contrite like that. I'll cut you off quickly. We'll hope we've had a scoop. You, and you should know this, given that you coach the Mustangs, the yes, the Millbark Mustangs. So there you go. Good name, actually. Um, White Horse Mustangs use that too out there. Basketball. Oh, did that? Yeah. Yep. So they're they're out that way. Um, all right, mate. Sorry, keep going. Where are we at with the job hunt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I've I've been offered a role at um Oakley Grammar, which is fantastic. Very good. Good to hear. Which is good. Um, but look, I went for an interview today at um Whitefriars College, and it was just. The way they went about it was just so refreshing. It was just like, t to me, an interview should be just having a chat, telling you a little bit about your history, what you've sort of done, what, you, what experience you're going to bring to the role, and then sort of telling you whether, how or why that's going to fit into what they're sort of looking for. And the one I had today was a really good interview. Like this, the way that like the two ladies and the gentleman I spoke to, they were lovely. Put your ears straight away. And that's the hardest thing, like to go to an interview and not be on sort of tender hook so to speak yep. and that's that's the biggest thing that like you want to just sit down have a chat if you get it you get it if you don't you don't take the experience stick it in your pocket and walk away with it yeah well as you know you can't get more experience by sitting in a meeting um no. you've either you walk in with that experience and you, yeah. you get found out anyway so you might as well just tell them who you are what you're about what you want to do in that role um and you work out whether you're a fit that's as simple as that really um yeah, it's um, the discussion I always have is in relation to training, mate. And if you get the right training, no matter what the role, yeah. and you're prepared to learn, um, you'll be good at the role. If you don't get given the, get, get given the training, what do you expect, you know? Um, and, and I think that's the biggest thing too, mate, that you get given that correct training. I, I don't care what age you are, you have to go to a role with an openness and a preparedness to learn and be trained in their way and put your own little take and slant on it, but be prepared to sit down and take that little time to learn that role. Yep, definitely. Um, all right, mate. Where do you want to kick off tonight? I thought we'd leave it pretty open to kick off the show. What do you got? <sighs> mate, we've, we've got to bring him up. Jordan DeGoey, mate, what is going on there? Is it a, is it a storm in a teacup? Well, here we go with, yeah, it was interesting. Um, yeah, my, obviously we'll pro no doubt talk about this a little bit more with uh, Lovey and Sam a little bit later, but let's let's touch on it quickly that uh, fair to say it was a media circus, um, mm. definitely. Uh, to have a contract offer pulled, I think probably was the right call from Collingwood. Um, now it's a case of show us what you got, uh, see if you really deserve this contract. Uh, uh, there's two ways to look at it. One way is you could you could show full faith in him as a club and get around him and yep. say, right, yep. we're going to sign you now. Here's your new contract. But as you know, it's a risk, massive risk. I think he's been given a fresh start previous to going to Bali. And the interesting part is there was two other Collingwood players 
of note that were in Bali and no one even knew they were there. So that's just difference of human beings, I guess. Um, the part well, I've got an issue with is him coming out now, um, calling the ADHD card. Uh, and I'm not doubting that he may have it, but I'm not. I'm saying that's not the reason you're behaving like you're behaving. Is, is it? Surely not. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, I've done, as you know, I've done a little bit of work and I'm going back into that field again, working with children who have learning difficulties and whatever as an integration aid. I'm not a fan of playing that card when you've made poor choices. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting in judgment of Jordan DeGoe, mm. but when he had a chance, as I think Nick Grewald spoke during last week about it, had a choice to go to Bali, fly under the radar, do what he wanted to do, he chose to go the other way. Now, whether you agree or not, whether the charges were maintained, whether they stuck or whatever, he's got form in this area. So instead of bringing attention to yourself, mate, pull your head in, go to the Gold Coast, go to WA, go wherever you want to go to. You don't need to go to Bali. Yep. And now that it's come out and now he's not coping with it, oh, yeah, my ADHD has kicked in. It doesn't look great. And, and to me, I, I think, look, the, guy, the guy's a great footballer. Let's, let's talk about his football ability here. He's a fantastic footballer, but he's now become damaged goods. There was a lot of clubs who would have chased him, and now they'll be having serious thoughts. Well, here's a question for you. If it wasn't Jordan Degoe and he wasn't as good a footballer, what would have been the outcome? Are I reckon he's on. Are we, are we hanging on the fact that he is a good footballer and he's too good to let go? Well, I think – look, I can't speak for the for the powers about Collingwood, but I think Collingwood, part of them were in that, I suppose, wheelhouse that he's not behaving as we expect him to behave and upholding, upholding a certain um, demeanour and, and attitude. So – they were possibly thinking, oh, someone will take us off his, take him off his hands. Now they could be left holding the baby, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the fact they've pulled contracts, look, I, I get the distinct impression that he's on borrowed time with Collingwood, but now he's, who else is going to take the pun on him? I think they sign him if, no, if he has no other issues for the rest of this year. Um, I think they sign him and keep keep moving on. They'll play good footy. He'll play good footy. Uh, he wouldn't be the first guy that's had some sort of indiscretion. And fair to say, he's done nothing illegal other than fair yeah. that inappropriate. I guess is probably one term, um, mm. which is what Collingwood had the issue with. Not the fact that he went to Bali. Um, he should be allowed to go wherever he wants. Fair to say, it's a week off. So if guys are allowed to go to Perth or another state, then he should be fine to go to Bali. But you're right. Why, why go to the jungle if you didn't need to? Um, could have had a much, much better um, outcome. Uh, and I, not put himself I, in that I get the impression, and I don't know Jordan Degoe, but I get the impression he almost likes to test the water. So let, let, let's see if I do something, for want of a better word, a bit naughty, a bit sort of against the flow. Am I going to get a reaction? Well, guess what, mate? You're going to get a reaction because people are waiting for you to do that sort of stuff now. And look, the other thing too, 
I know when I go out with you guys, we muck around and do silly stuff. But hey, boys, we're going away. The phones are staying at home. Yeah. Look, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be your phone. Um, yeah. You've got friends and everyone else. Yeah. He was always going to be a target. So yeah. um, these days, with social media, someone was definitely, once they realized it was him, was always going to have some footage of him. So yeah, um, yeah disappointing in the end. But um, now, I suppose he has some time out to think about it. They're not going to play him this week. Mm -hmm. The right call, his call, apparently. Um, so let's see. On to better things. We've got a great round of footy coming up. Uh, great really great round, of footy. round of footy. For sure. Uh, and it kicks off tomorrow night um, with a massive, massive game. But let's touch on one more moment from this, this round oh. just gone. What's your thoughts on this moment? Yeah, not a fan at all, mate. Okay. I'm throwing you into the uh, the dinosaur. Oh, I'm in, I'm in the dinosaur bracket. Look, it, it almost came back and bit him on the ass. <laughs> well, he nearly ran into the goalpost. <laughs> yeah, but they got within – like, if that goal had been allowed, they would have got within three points. Can you imagine Dimmer if they had got done? Yeah, sure, sure. But – those moments happen, and they should be. I still believe they should be allowed to happen. Um, mm. We've seen it before. There was footage of the Montagna one uh, did from years ago, where he sat and waited in the in the goal square, and then bounce a ball, and then put it through. Um, I, I just think we're just taking the character out of the guy out of the game. Um, he's an electrifying good player. I mean, to show him the ball. I just think it's a little bit of flair. I wouldn't. I don't read too much into it. Uh, can reek of a little bit of arrogance, but when you do get caught out and found out, I think that adds a little bit to the fire as well. So I think that I think we're just got a little bit too stereotyped in the game. That's all. Yeah, look, I think a lot of coaches, though, and obviously putting on a bit of a, a coaching hat here, coaches don't like players giving opposition a needle. Yep. So don't give them something they can use back against you. Sure. And something like that is something that can come back and bite you on the bum. That's what I think. I, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm all for, <clears throat> excuse me, having the lovable rogues and that in the game and keep, keeping the character in the game. But to me, it's, it doesn't look good. Yep. Yep, sure. Righto. Let's leave it, leave it that one. All right. We're going to jump around a little bit tonight between uh, topics and yep. we're going to move to this one, which is an interesting... Um, bit of vision that's come up for this week. Um, the iconic, the great Lauren Jackson, comeback time. Uh, only for the championships at this stage or com com games is what the what the plan was, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But let's see. At her age, she's an absolute legend of the game. I reckon we bring back Gazy while we're there. What do you reckon? <laughs> well. She's got to go down as that greatest basketball of all time, doesn't she? I would have thought so. Like, she's probably got one of the greatest resumes as a basketball uh, that there is. Yep. No, I would have thought so. And I think classic case of we need, fill a need, and if she's ready to go, we, uh, we've got a big need to be filled. Um, and that's, that's that position after departure of Liz Cambage for various... <laughs> round of reasons by the sounds of it but um lauren jackson's done all the right things and 
her comeback was never intended for this. It was more a case of, from what I uh, heard today, she was just getting out, playing, mm-hmm. playing and losing some weight again, and all of a sudden she's back playing with Albury, um, which was her home team in NBL one, and and then it's kind of started from there. And now she's got to a point where she's put herself up for selection, and she'll probably more than likely going to get selected. There's, she's no guarantee walk up start, but there's not too many. Um, big centers like her kicking around that's for sure oh look i think she's and she's become the way she's handled herself and she did she struggled at times with the media and the commitments that come with being a star of the sport but compare her to the other girl let's come up well you can't you can compare an apples and oranges aren't you really yep yep all right let's move on to the quick next topic we're going to fire a few more topics at you um <laughs> Just before Mr. Murubak comes back in, let's uh, let's get your opinion, and then we'll bring in Lovey because I know you have an opinion on this one. <laughs> this now sets the precedence, doesn't it, um, mm-hmm. amongst other sports? Because it opened a big can of worms. Uh, transgender swimmers banned from competing against other women. Oh, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's the right call. Um, but interested in your opinion, Cuz. Oh, I'm, I'm like you, mate. It's a no-brainer. So if you I, – I have no issues with someone wanting to transform from a male into a female, and I can't even begin to understand all the ins and outs that come with that. But if you're a mediocre, for want of a better word, sports person, and you're using that to become a better sports person, I have an issue with that. So if you choose to become a trans person and, and transform from male to female, I don't think you can compete with women. I don't think that's fair. Righto. There's your opinion. Lovey, did you see what the news, this one? Yeah. What's your opinion, mate? Um, well, first of all, uh, apologies for the, the, the shiny aspect to my head. <laughs> you know when you get stuck in two-degree weather and yet it's um, you wear a beanie and it's completely hot, really hot <laughs> underneath – I mean, you've got a fat head. The, the, the heat just keeps absorbing into the top of the beanie. But So apologies first of all. I'll wipe down later. Um, I, I, I applaud the courage behind the decision as much as I applaud uh, individuals that go through their transitions. I, I think both both things are very courageous things to do. You, if you go through transition like cars, I've got no idea what's involved. The mental health aspect to that must be extreme. Um, so for that, I'll always have a very thorough open mind about why people do it. Um, but at the end of the day, sports are governed by rules. Sports are governed by specific parameters around whether you're a female, if it's a female competition or a male competition. Um, what do you think the answer is, Lovey? Is the answer a category now? And obviously there's not going to be many athletes potentially. that would be my view because obviously there's clear medical advice out there that I've read that suggests there's certain percentages of male elements to female elements and then the in between. If you if you haven't start if you haven't traced off say I don't know the, the percentage enough to be to be actually classified as a female for a particular sport, then I do think to be fair there needs to be some sort of category now. The thing that that raises from a mental perspective, from a health, mental health perspective for the genders, is that some of them 
believe, people that transition believe they are actually their new gender, mm. their new sex. So why mm. can't I? So that could be a bridge between the two genders, but I think the courage that is has been taken by FINA to actually make a, 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 a definitive decision, um, I think, still protects the integrity of the sport and and its pre and its and its predecessors that have participated in it. Um, I, think I, was that... a, I was a swimmer from way back. I was a young fellow, a young swimmer from way back. So I know the hard work that goes into it, and particularly for the female, like fe- the female swimmers are absolutely unbelievably good. And they work extra hard, more harder than the guys do, I'm sure. So to then have um, their competitions, in my in my view, compromised by someone who still has the attributes of a male athlete, I don't think is right. And I think, that's, as you said, I think. I think the fact that the decision is definitive, that it's very black and white, pardon the pun, yep. I think that, that, that makes it an even stronger decision. And and I, and I don't dispute it would have been a very tough decision, but that makes it a good decision that it's they've gone okay. Let's make it crystal clear. This is the parameter. If you don't fall into that parameter, unfortunately, you can't compete. Look what they've done, and and I wish our politicians would would go through the same pathway and process. They've actually considered it very very strongly. They've consulted very strongly, and they've now set absolute parameters. And. And that's where the, the, the that's where the courage and the conviction of the decision has been made, um, and there's no there's no black and white behind that now. So, for me, unfortunately, for um, for transitioning athletes, the sooner they at least have a category that they can compete in, the better. Um, if that's the new world, so be it. Um, you know, I, I, but I don't, and I think you need to have, I think you need, I think you need to come to a, a, a bit of a. a build a bridge around that one and help them out. You can't just go, well, that's it. You no longer can compete because they transition to the point where they're no longer strong enough to be in the male category either. So provide them, provide them at least a platform, a bit like you, there's no comparison to this, but the Paralympics have their own special games, right? So can, can, can transitioning athletes either have that or there's a third category. Let's use the Olympics as an example. I think they could, um, and that would then naturally evolve like anything else. As you go through it, you, you experiment with it, you do it, you, you test it out, see what that looks like. And if it doesn't work, then you go back to the you go back to the think tank and go again. And I think by doing that, that shows a level of acceptance of it as well too. It, do, yeah, it well, doesn't it's consideration, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah it, it, it doesn't ostracise them. It doesn't make them sort of feel like I guess you said, love you, because they'll get to a point where. As you mentioned, they're they're not strong enough to compete in the male classes, and obviously they they can be too strong for the women. So you need that sort of I don't want to use the word middle ground, but you need that sort of compartment or, or, or area where they can, where they can that they can fit into. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's move on. Um, now, oh, go as I was. I, I had been listening previously to you, um, Shy Bolton. Um, right, we'll come back to that one. We'll come back to Geordie, that. And also, before we go to your next topic, Cuz, well done. You've got an offer on the table. Very good. And you spoke very well about the the pressures and the dilemmas of job seeking. I think a lot of people could absolutely take that. understand, off. especially at the moment, too. I think people, I, I find when I do it, and I'm, I'm sure people do it as well, and, I, and you, you find you second-guess yourself in a way. 
even yeah. though you, you you know what you've done, you know your history, you know your job history, whatever, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, but you find you're almost almost guessing. It's like it's like playing chess against somebody. You're almost trying to pick their next move and then go with, oh shit, I'll go with that answer, even though it might be not what you want to really want to go with as your gut, so to speak. Um, nah. Well done, mate. Good boy. Hi, yeah, mate. Thank absolutely. you. Congratulations from all of us, mate, and everyone that knows you, cuz. We know what the hunt's been like. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy mentally to ride that roller coaster. Um, so take this one, mate, by the horns and uh, embrace it, mate, and good luck. So, all right, let's move on to the next topic, which is the Golden State Warriors. Done it again. Uh, this, was, this was fantastic. This was uh, a week old now almost since we had a podcast. So Steph Curry, he's in the, he's in the finally in the, the big, the big discussion now, as far as some of the greatest of all time. Um, there's no doubt. What's your thoughts, lovey? Did you see the final? Yeah. Yeah. I watched most of the games. Um, yeah. Oh, he's, he's clearly the best of the last 10, 15 years, along with LeBron. Um, I, from a team perspective, He's surpassed LeBron. Um, I think he goes past LeBron, certainly, because he's done all four at the one club or franchise. Um, you know, he's he's he's, grown, he's he's done the hard work with a rebuild team as well as winning championships. So for me, from a team perspective, he's ahead of LeBron. The fact he's now got a finals MVP. I, I was actually trying to work out who the hell won the previous three for Golden State. Um, I thought, sure, I thought Steph had already won one, but he hadn't, so... Um, but he could. Uh, and guys may have seen on social media just the little, the little uh, you know, a, a picture of him sitting at the same table as Larry Bird, Magic, Michael, Wilt, uh, not Wilt, um, you know, LeBron, a few of the other boys, Kobe Bryant. He's definitely in that conversation from a yeah. an MVP perspective. He's not going to be the greatest of all time because the game's changed, and it, you know, it, it is just a three point game these days. Uh, and I still say, if you take that team. Um, and you put that up against the Chicago Bulls of the four, in, in their fourth in the fourth year of their their peak when they are uh, when they went seventy two, Bulls would wipe them off the floor. I've got no doubt about that. Um, and you even go back to the Pistons back in nineteen eighty nine ninety with the Bad Boys, they just would destroy them. But it's a, like I said, it's a different game. I think Steph would probably have still play pretty well back then. So what a game, what a champion, and. You know, I, 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 you see all the hype and all the little bit of wankerism that's going around, the circle jerks that, that goes on in the NBA, but he's pretty humble too. I, I actually don't mind the way he goes about his stuff. He's, uh, he's actually pretty good. Yeah, it, it, he's, he's, he's got to be in that conversation now, doesn't he, though, with the greatest. So, but, it, but as you said, love you, I think he's manufactured his game perfectly to the way they play the game now. Like, obviously, him being a great three-point shooter, the way that basketball is played now, it's a hand into a glove wheel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's, he's redefined the sport. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Um, Berkey made a good point that he's redefined it from behind the arc, which doesn't often get done. Um, there's been iconic players that have done it from, say, inside the paint or wherever, but Steph has definitely won. That has changed the game from back there. So, um, yeah, I hope he continues, to be honest. I think he's got a little bit left in him still. Who knows? Could he pull a fifth? I think that's three have got one more in him. 
yeah, I think so. So I think they should go again. Why? Yep. While that franchise, uh, I mean, they were drag. They came up from nothing. Let's face it; they came out of the clouds. They were terrible last year, um, but they got there. So yeah. fantastic effort and great to see. Because yeah. it's not easy. There's a lot of teams, a lot of games, uh, and they've done it. And they won it off at uh, Boston too. So incredible effort, game six. Mm. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to some other quick Australian champions. The Wizard. The Wizard Whitlock. He's done it again. <laughs> he's not looking as much like Brett Lee anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't think Brett Lee, but he's uh, passing. He's getting a little bit older, Simon Whitlock, but he's teamed up with uh, Damon Hedder uh, and won the World Cup of Darts. So fantastic effort. We thought we'd just give that a little shout out. Obviously, darts aren't big on a lot of people's priority list, so doesn't get a lot of airtime, but I know... Um, I know there's a lot of people that love darts in respect of go to a darts tournament and see some of the the hijinks uh, and oh. just absolute pandemonium. Hijinks, I like it. Absolute pandemonium. Um, obviously, with plenty of plenty of beers and um, a bit of a laugh and, and a bit of fun. It's, it's, you a, know what? It, it's the sport with the most drunken crowd you'll ever come across <laughs> because the players themselves are half cut while they're playing too. I think That's it's interesting. Bit about they, it. I think it's interesting. They don't seem to have any real trouble at those things, even though they're all three quarters or more than three quarters <laughs> cut. They all seem to just have a fun and and know that they're there to actually have fun. Whereas, go and get them all three quarters cut at the boxing and bring a boxing ring in, and all of a sudden everyone's a boxer. So, um, two different crowds. I think. I think they will put that down to. Yeah. Um, all right. This week's this week's footy. Oh, before we before we actually touch on this week's footy, let's go to. I asked Dave Cosma to. I gave him a little challenge, and f- unfortunately, Dave can't jump on the show tonight. He's uh, he's at a school camp playing playing uh, one of the adult parents uh, who comes and helps at the camp. So that'll be an interesting story nice. to hear, uh, next what's week. He, what's he, is he? Pl- do you reckon, is he playing some of his original stuff or do you reckon he'll be playing some campfire songs like Kevin Bloody Wilson and Santa Claus? I'm not even sure if he's there for the music. I think he's just there as a dad to help out. Okay. At camp. So, bit of, bit of um, kumbaya, my lord, maybe. He, he might be cooking up a big carbonara. Who knows? Send us the recipe, please. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Thank you very much. So as I said, I gave um, I gave him a challenge. So it's a flip, a flip of the coin, boys, between who goes first. Um, lover your cuz with your with your uh, little segments. What are who is who's going to go first tonight? Is Lovey going to lose it? Or we no, Lovey can go first. Lovey can go first. Righto. Here we go. So here it is from Dave Cosmo when I set him a new challenge that we desperately needed a new little jingle. Here's what he come up with. What's going to make our friend Lovey mad today? Lovey loses it, Lovey loses it, Lovey loses it, yeah. Not bad, Dave. Not bad at all. I like it. I um. What are, what's your thoughts, mate? I, I I really enjoy that black eye photo for starters. That's um. It's <laughs> a ripper. That's extraordinary. That's um. That's straight out of. Well, that was two thousand nine. Yeah, that, that 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 one caved half my head in. So that was uh, that was interesting. Um, yeah, good, good from Dave. Um, right. 
It's probably better than your little dubby voice in the background. Love you, loses it. I'm oh, sure it is, mate. I'm so, sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Look, and don't go off camera. Uh, I don't want to be the sole camera here on this one. Uh, right. I was actually a fairly sedate, relatively happy man in the last two weeks. But one thing I've noticed is that I don't know why. We, we seem to be going for a race to the bottom on so many so many things as a society. It's becoming farcical. You mentioned the Dugowie stuff before. Um, there's so many... There's just so much that's going on with that. It's not funny. First of all, his behaviour. Um, it's just... It just lacks maturity more than anything else. I mean, if you're, if you're, we're all employed on a pretty lucrative contract, I'm expected to behave in the public space, regardless of whether I'm on personal time or not. So I'm sorry. Um, shouldn't have done it. Uh, very silly boy. Um, also want to touch on the behavior of the female that's in that clip. And when she came out to defend Jordan a few days back, um, it's fine. It's good. But she's forgotten a lot, a lot of like what the new generation seemed to, or this current new generation floating through. She's completely forgotten about the fact that you probably still need to keep your respect about yourself and the people around you. You may, you may have consented, and you may have felt like that. That's all, all okay, and that should be thrown up on social media. But it's actually not. A lot of people do get offended by it, so you need to at least understand and respect that if you want to be a mature adult. To that next point. We all want to be we all want to be a little bit self-serving. And the problem with social media is everybody becomes self-centered. It's a bit a little bit of me, me, me. And I've mentioned the politicians so many times beforehand, it's not funny. Um, but I go to Lisa Wilkinson from Logie's Night. Now, young Brittany Higgins is trying to get her trial up and running for, for that, yeah, you know, the alleged incident that incidences that have occurred. For someone like Lisa Wilkinson, once again, to become so self-centred and try and take the limelight and spew out the stupid shit that she did, knowing beforehand, she was warned by the judge, knowing beforehand that any mentions of it was going to delay the trial. She put herself ahead of anyone else, and we see that on a daily basis. So I've gone on to the media. This is my last bit. We all seem to be going down to this. It's a race to the bottom, and these are the key issues. Social media, general media... And, and the generations that just don't seem to understand or accept what proper behaviour actually is anymore. Um, the general media, the sports media, the AFL media are also culpable for the Jordan Degoe stuff. Um, you, made, you made a perfect point before, Aaron. I totally agree 100%. If it wasn't Jordan Degoe, would this be an issue? Of course not. Now, if this wasn't a lucrative contract coming up in his last year of the contract, would this be an issue? Probably not. But the combination of all these things means that there's a lot of pressure on particularly the younger generation but as mature adults surely we can't be that self-centered about ourselves and 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 completely ignoring what's around us from a a socio-environmental uh cultural impact all of these poor behaviors from from media our leaders uh people just jump on social media They, they they say that they Oh, look, that's, it, we do it because it's social media. I mean, those two boys that were doing pretend ratings of pretend things, it's not the issue. The issue isn't the fact that, oh, it's on social media and that's what you do on social media, so it's fine. Just peel it back a, peel it back a few layers, boys. Grow up. Do you actually mm-hmm. think that's actually the right thing to be doing? Don't forget, don't worry about the fact you posted it somewhere. Do you think that's actually an appropriate piece of behaviour? 
just because it's a social media activity doesn't mean you should go ahead and do it and think, well, that's all, that's all cool. You know, people need to step back and start thinking about the people around them a little bit more, having a little bit of self-respect, so then you can have a little bit more respect around everyone else. That's it. Good point, mate. Uh, and well said. I totally agree with you on many of those points, mate. Nice, so, mate. Thanks for bringing some of those to the table. Um, no all right, before... Oh. And yep. one more thing. <laughs> He's going to lose it again. Go for no, it. Um, I will touch on the show Bolton thing. The only thing I found disrespectful yep. is you, you do not wave the football at someone like Doherty. You do not do that. That is just absolutely disgraceful. Oh, look, you know what? Celebrate the goal if you've kicked it. Make sure you kick the goal first and celebrate it and, and carry on like a pork chop with your, your cheer squad, your teammates, whatever. But look at that. Now, do you think someone like Doherty deserves to be um, taunted like that? I wouldn't have thought so. Or any other footballer that's out there. You know, it's... it's you're crashing and bashing. Yeah, the, the intimidation and, the, and, the, and getting under their skin. Jeez, you can do it the good hip and shoulder or whatever. You know, don't, don't act like a dick. And, and again, that's more self-centred behaviour. It's it just, where are they going? Where are they going with all this? And who's mentoring them, all these people? Like, where, where's all the mentoring on this stuff? Mm. All this shit starts at home, yeah. right? It starts at home and it's also at your workplace. So fucking sort it out. Yeah, you you would have thought. Well, I mean, Shea Bolton doesn't have to do any of that. He's got a he's got a level he's of magic good. within himself. Um, he's too maybe good. He's got, maybe he's drinking his own bath water a little bit too much, thinking he is that good. Um, but he is good, no question, and he's great, great for the game. But why turn people off you by doing stupid things? And that's mm. that's kind of my point on it. I didn't really have a big issue with it. I thought it was just a bit of show, showmanship kind of thing. But he, you're right; he didn't need to do it. It was a stupid kind of thing, and I dare it's say just, he's probably it's, it's just a lack of respect for the peers that you're playing with and against. That's that's yeah. what I don't like about it. Yeah, that's I all. think the, the the great part was was Hardwood came out, the coach straight away, and said, "Mate, that's not us. That's not what we do. And that's not what we stand for." So they he reined it in pretty quickly, which was great. So before cool. we move on to um, Cousins Classic, we're going to run the top 70, 75 moments. Um, oh yeah, nice. Here we go. just as we sneak back on camera as you plug in and charge up lovey good work you got the memo charging up mate good work um <laughs> what do you think cuz any standouts here for you um mate 
as a kid growing up in the 70s, mate, how good was the $6 million man? Good, no, I wasn't born till 76. About like you old fuck. Still gets, re- still gets reruns, mate. How many seasons, cuz? Oh, I reckon about five. And then he, he found a wife as well, the $6 million woman as well, came along as well. Or the Bionic woman, I should say. The Bionic woman. There's a few more. I think we're about was eight. That Linda, who was the actress in that? It, was that? it wasn't Linda Carter, was it? No, nah, she was Wonder Woman. It was Lindsay Wagoner, her name was. Ah, yes. There yeah. you go. Um, yeah. For me, 1975, what a year. The year I was born, the year Microsoft was born. Who would have thought that that would have such an impact on our lives? I think I'm still running Windows 95. So we had love, <laughs> 20 years on, Windows 95 kicks in and the millennium bug um, was about to bring us all down in 2000. Who would have thought the world of computers now um, has such a big influence on our lives, that's for sure. North so, Melbourne's first flag, 75 too. There you go. We didn't we didn't put that in. So, mm. uh, Lovey, did you see any, any standout in there for you? What I would love to have seen was the great Vivian Richards in his uh, casual finest when he was winning the world, the first ever World Cup of for cricket back in 1975. Um, the coolest looking motherfucker you'll ever see in cricket ever. Not a hands down. <laughs> um, anyone who hasn't seen him, look him up. He wouldn't be lost in any any St Kilda setting at any sort of musical festival. He was just the man. Um, 75 for me, I don't know. I mean... And unfortunately, it means that all I can think of was that mum and dad were pretty happy with each other because I was born in 76 in, in April. So, yeah, I, I'm not thinking about 75 too much, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it was a good year. Cuz would have been about 28 by then. So, uh, Robert, Robert Wine uh, joins us. And he was uh, in 75, he was at first grade, grade one um, in Canada. So, who would have thought, Robert? Uh, shout out to Robert. Uh, he's a good man. He's a good man. Thanks for jumping on, mate. I know it's uh, it's probably around six, quarter past six there. No, it's probably a little bit later, maybe seven o'clock by now in Canada. So shout out. It's a little bit fresh here, Robert. Let, I'll let you know. So uh, if ever you get out here to Australia, you're going to need your pack your winter woolies, that's for sure. All right, cuz. The time has come. Once again, we set Dave Cosmer a challenge. Looking forward to this. To sharpen up the Cuzzers classic pathetic intro that I had. And it was pretty cheesy and we ran it for a few weeks, but I gave Dave a little bit of time. So here we go. This is what he came up with. Like the 89 grand final. Cuzzers classic. Like a dim sim. Cuzzers classic. It's what the crowd come to see. Cuzzers classics. <laughs> Fantastic, Dave. I love it. He, he has found his calling in life. Yep. The dim sim, he has eh? found his calling in life. And he's he's I love how he's grabbed a couple of bits we've used in the show too. Who who would have thought no, that nice. the dim sim show got so much attention um, oh, that it was it's definitely one of our uh, best and people couldn't believe that we spent half an hour talking about dim sims and how to eat them and what types there were and what sources and it was it was a great episode, that's for sure. Well, I'm going down the culinary path again tonight, talking about steaks and how we like our steaks done. Right, yep. So I myself, I'm a bit 
um, medium to well done. But often you'll find when you go to the classier sort of restaurants as opposed to your local pub, they're not a fan of doing them. <laughs> See, Sizzler. <laughs> what a great institution Sizzler was. Yeah, so I'm just interested to sort of interested to hear from your boy you boys how you like your steaks done. Or how you cook your steaks yourself. Alright, you, you go, you go first. Yeah, right I'm right. winding up on this one. Um yeah, get get ready, cuz. <laughs> um well done. Medium to well done, do you say? Yep. Okay, mate, you 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 totally you must you would like probably minute steak then. That's probably your, your <laughs> go, is it? Um, minute minute. Yeah, because I can't work with you on that one, mate. Um, That's all right. Sadly, uh, it's it's overcooked. It's terrible, chewy, um, and just a total waste of good meat. And shout out to Meat Maiden, where I'm going tomorrow night. Me, Bastian, a good friend of mine, and Eddie Zammer are catching up for a big juicy steak at Meat Maiden. It's been a long time coming, a couple of years in the making, so we're finally getting photos. it done tomorrow night. So photos. sadly, photos. we'll take photos and I'll bring them to the show next week, but sadly I'm going to miss watching the footy, but I'll get the first half in, so it's a big challenge tomorrow night. Typically, nice. I put it together and didn't realise that uh, we'd be playing on a Thursday night, so who would have thought? Thought well, I was safe Melbourne on Friday get, night. If Melbourne are getting spanked, mate, you can stay back and have another steak. Just do yeah, that exactly. along with your beers. <laughs> exactly. So just on those steaks, um, let's go with the uh, – it probably doesn't even depend what the cut is, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a me, medium to medium rare, to be honest, uh, and it's got to be that way. I don't like blood. I don't want it to move, but it's got to have a little bit of kick still in it. Um, probably a little bit more red than pink is my go. So um, – and I can't go past a butterfly eye fillet. As an absolute butterfly, I feel it nice. There you go. Righto, so let's go with the let's go with the the cut, the cut and the um and the and the uh, how you how you like it done. Let's go with that first, lobby. Then we'll go. Then um, we'll go. Sports yeah, last. Look, Glenn, Glenn. Just to be clear, they crucified Jesus two thousand and twenty-two years ago, mate. So you don't have to incinerate <laughs> the fucking thing. Um, yes, it has it's to be dead. Right. It has to be dead, but not burnt to oblivion, like you probably want it. Um, so I'm a medium. I'll go medium. Sure, mate. Fence sitter. Um, <laughs> oh. um, my favourite cut. You know what? I, I mean, I always love a good ribeye. There's no, there's no harm in that. And I'm happy to watch a tomahawk cook for a good hour over a barbecue or something like that. Oh, like yeah, the big tomahawk's always a lot of fun. Um, but you know, if I want to if I want just a nice steak meal or anything like that, or a pub meal or whatever, porterhouse actually goes all right. If, if if it's a decent cut, the porterhouse also goes okay. Very true. Righto. Um let's talk sauce for a second, boys. Do you have a sauce? What's got a what's a what's oh. the accompaniment? Yeah, I know. A nice pep a nice pepper sauce goes okay. Just pepper sauce. Just a pepper sauce, yep. Is it a creamy base, a gravy? What do you, what do you what do you do, mate? Oh, I like a bit of a creamy base one, which is not too bad. Is it your carbonara sauce that you're chucking on it as well? <laughs> yes. Carbonara. It's a worry. <laughs> mate, when we come to dinner, mate, I want you to cook. When we come to your place for dinner, mate, I want you to cook as carbonara. Takes five minutes, mate. <laughs> All 
All right, just while, what about I, you, Ace? Uh, while I was checking this out, this is a pick from Meat Maiden, so I'll just give you a little sneak peek. Oh, nice. This is where Look at that. Look at, that looks magnificent. That's got to be Not a even pepper burnt sauce. either, cuz. That'll be a pepper sauce there. A little bit of mm. char on the top, but it's what's in the middle that counts, as we know. Yep. Um, you can be a little, bit, little bit hard on a shell at the end of the day, but all the goodness sits in the middle there, um, fair to say. And Berkey's... The only way he likes it, cremated. Uh, <laughs> lovely work. Berkey would be a chop. He'd be a lamb chop man for sure. He would um he would almost, you know, you could you could you, you could actually brush your teeth with charcoal back in the old days. He would do that. He would actually eat the steak and pick his teeth are clean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh my All sauce. Right. Yes. Uh I'm actually more of a a, a, a onion and mushroom. Kind of arrangement, gravy. Chuck that on the ribeye. Let Gravox, Gravox special. Oh, Gravox. Look out. Bonox. <laughs> Bonox. Yes, Gravox. Who knows? Nah, a good a good mushroom. If there's an if there's an onion uh, within it as well, a slither of onion and flick that in it too. But mushroom sauce just beautiful. Yeah, I think we'll um, definitely a classic. Now. Definitely a classic, but it's. There's um, there's different parts of the world I think that experience steaks differently. So I think that's where yeah. all these different sources and all that have come from. But we'll do a bit more research on the old steak, and I wouldn't mind having the old steak debate. We'll get a few more people on, a few of the boys. Yeah, we'll definitely. You know, have a bit you know, of a round table. You know what I reckon? What I'll do when you blokes do come over and we do a podcast at my house one day soon. Oh, the live podcast. I like it. We yeah. will have. We will have. Just for the bogans in the room, um, a big brown bottle of the old barbecue sauce too, if you want to have it. Yeah, the old, <laughs> the old Woolworths that, barbecue sauce. I think the old barbecue sauce and tomato sauce that's that saves the old minute steak, doesn't it? Surely. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 the shit you give to your kids. Puts a little bit more substance back in it. Um, Glad to see um, Warren Mills has gone into specific detail about he likes, how he likes his steak. Done very nice. Just let me tell you, Millsy, Millsy is a bit of a meat connoisseur, mate. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Millsy. Porterhouse pan fried, medium, at least marinated. Rosemary, garlic, and olive oil. Oh, that's oh, that's mouth-watering. Sounds good, Warren. I look forward to enjoying that. We need to stop, we need to stop talking you. about this now. I'm so bloody hungry. <laughs> Yes, we are for sure. Please. All right, what else, Cuz? Did you have anything else in relation to your? Coffee? Um, and your choice of drink with your with your steak. Are you a wine like it's a nice red, or are you a beer person? I prefer a beer early. Wash it, just warm up the palate a little bit, and then it's yep. a nice glass of red with. Uh, with a steak, but only only over the last couple of years, I've I've come accustomed to a bit of a glass of red. I, I probably started right on the cab sav level because that's what I got told was the best and was way too strong for me. So I backed it <laughs> off, backed it off a bit, and I'm a bit more of a sh uh, Shiraz man or a Merlot now. So I take it a little bit easier, a little bit easier. What you do, yeah. I learn a tip. Uh, if you've got a little bit of the wine left over. Just before you bring the steak off the pan, put a little Juice. bit of just, just, just to keep it moist. 
if you want to have it a little bit moist and it falls away a little bit, put the red wine in it for a couple of minutes, either side, bring it out. It's got a got a nice little tang to it as well. Um, the old, the old I'll, I'll definitely start. What's that, mate? Red, the old lovey red wine Jew, mate. I look forward to uh, that little recipe. Tell you what, mate. You will not throw up at my house. I guarantee you. You will keep it down. Um, <laughs> I definitely cab over a Shiraz to start the steak. Uh, once I've finished it, I'm in the mood, probably just finish it off with a couple of shots of rum just to, just to really throw it down there. Rum, yeah. It'll be done. No problem. Beautiful. All right. Nice. Sounds good. Sounds exciting. I look forward to this show. We're going to have to do it in the next few weeks because I'm, I'm big Kev now. I'm excited. Absolutely excited about it. <laughs> well, this. do you really want to do it in a two-degree night? No, we'll probably, well, we don't want to save it for summer, though, because uh, I think... It'll be too bloody hot. There'll be a <laughs> yeah, exactly. There'll be a total fire ban or something. We won't well, be able to do it. How about, how about we set it for prelim final weekend? Okay, right, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. That's about the 16th, isn't it? September? Yep, something like that. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. All right. Lock it in. It's a while away, but we're going to have to wait. Just, we'll just the boys, or we're bringing the better halves as well. Oh, you can you can bring whoever you want, mate. Bring your fucking dog. I don't care. Oh, no, not your dog, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, not your dog, cuz. Not your mate, dog. You know, if I bring my dog, mate, we'll have to leave you alone in the room with her. <laughs> All right, just before, we, just before we get into AFL and a quick uh, wrap around the grounds, we're going to just cover off quickly what happened on the weekend on Sunday, which was the RecLink Community Cup Megahertz which versus the SB Rock Dogs. And it was the megahertz winning with Just. only a couple, only by a couple of points in the last yeah. couple of seconds. Um, so congratulations to Chris Gill from Northside Records and the megahertz crew. How good's good that? Uh, and the most Shout amazing out. part was talk about talk about local community engagement again. Uh, have a look at this, guys. This is the after party after the game. That's insane. And that is back to its best. So after yeah. two years of COVID, um, it was great to see Cash Savage and the last drinks play uh, at that gig, which was a Sunday afternoon. Ross Wilson got up. There was private function. Uh, great band played as well. Uh, the wiggle. There was a wiggle on stage there. It all, it all happened, mate. It's absolute chaos and some carnage. But if you have never been to a RecLink event, um, the classic do yourself a favor for next year. I think we get a team there or a crew there anyway next year and we yeah. go and watch it. I watched I yep. watched the game about ten years ago. There was one yep. there was yeah the Megahertz uh won that year I think and um Tim Tim Rogers was front and center on that in that particular year but it, it's a fantastic day. It really is. Um I, I um and kudos and thanks to one of our great friends on this podcast. Uh, you jump on Facebook Naomi did it again with a whole bunch of photos in, in relation, you know, which is like front row at the stage all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so lots of great photos as well from a, a number of people. Um, yeah, massive day. Got to get to it next year for sure. Yeah, and a shout out to um, one of the great photographers and local photographers around Melbourne, Carby, Robert Carbone, um, Carby Wabi. He runs as a, as a nickname. He's, <laughs> he's put up 10,000. Uh, images from the game. Um, so it's fair to say, if you can't find a pic of yourself, you probably weren't at the event. Um, which 
Amazing. So it's fair to say he's probably going to have a very sore finger. Um, that must have been on uh, auto shutter, surely. Hitting the shutter <laughs> so many times, but it was. It would have been a great day. I sadly I couldn't make yep. it on the Sunday, but I look forward to doing it again. Um, so that was that game. Um, all right, let's kick into a massive round of footy, guys. Here we go. Um, doesn't matter which day and which night. We're just going to run through them. Round fifteen. Right. So, it's so on. It is on. Let, let's first, let, let's go straight to match of the round. And uh, Essendon West okay. Coast. What's, what's your <laughs> match of the round? <laughs> Essendon West Coast, mate. Closely followed by Adelaide North. Yeah, let's no. Let, let's all right. Done. Let's flip it up. Let's flip it upside down. Let's go with. Let, let's work. Versus yeah, 18th. let's get through all these shit guns first, and we'll get to the good guns. So, sixteenth, eighteenth, is this the battle for the spoon? No, no. Okay, good, great to hear. So, who wins it? Bombers, easy. Ten goals. Much. Easy. Ten goals. Turn the corner, boys. Turn the corner. Yep. Uh, good to see Nick Nat back out there training. He's training the house down apparently, so he won't be too far away. Sadly, it's not going to be this game. Um, but just be awesome and a great lift for the West Coast boys to have I him back I hope he gets there. back for the sake of the game. Yep, it'd be good for Definitely. him to be back in the in the sport. Absolutely. Definitely. Righto, let's cover it off. Uh, I think definitely you, you blokes both say 10 goals. I'm going to give the West Coast a bit more of a chance. So I'll still take the Bombers, but I'll take the Bombers with a one-point win after the siren just to uh, <laughs> just to see how it goes. So put that one on the list, boys. All right. Who's kicking Who's kicking the Who's kicking the match winner? Is it Draper, our best kick? I think it gets touched over the line for a kick that falls short. <laughs> from uh, is he stringer stringer back playing? He's playing. Yeah. Okay, well he's bust bursts out of the middle and kicks a long, long point to get him over the line in the last couple of seconds. Very good. There you go. There you go. That's how it'll happen. All right, fifteenth versus seventeenth, Adelaide. Uh, Versus North Melbourne. This will be a win to Adelaide by about six goals. Yeah, I think Adelaide by five. Yep. Oh, Adelaide should be should be by plenty. So if they don't do it now, they never will. Put it that way. So yeah, I'll take Adelaide as well by five five goals. I reckon. Yep. All right, let's come up the list: Port Adelaide and Gold Coast. Eleventh versus twelfth. Pretty close. These two. I think the loser of this game can't make finals. Yeah, it's interesting with, what what is it, seven rounds left um, yep. or eight or so. Um, it's hard to believe that so many teams, I think there's about 12 or 13 that could still make it. And we're declaring now one game that many rounds out, we'd, we're knocking one side off. So it's Well, we are. I mean, and I, and I say that because Port are a game back behind the Gold Coast. Yep. But I would back Port to get on a bit of a run to try and get into the finals before I would back the Gold Coast. So, um, yeah, for me, for me, I think the loser of this, you can you, 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 Port will be three games out of the finals with six games left or seven. It, that's impossible. You can't get in. Um, and if the Gold Coast lose, then they stay two games out. But I don't think they've got the resilience to win enough games for the rest of the year. Again, they have to keep nipping at the heels. No more than a game out the rest of the year. Gold Coast for mine. Um, in terms of the winner, who's where's this been played? Uh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast, yep. Okay, so for me, it's the Suns. Yep, I think the Suns. 
possibly, to be honest. Who's playing the symbols? It's my lovely children doing the dishes, mate. Who's trying, who's trying to become a percussionist? They should, get in contact, should get in contact with Wolfie. Fair to say that's not how you do the dishes. Boys, <laughs> get it done. Get it done. Don't smash them. Well, if you smash them, you got to. I always worked on the theory that if you smashed it, you didn't have to clean it. So, where's yeah, the clean? Yeah, toss them awesome out. Yep, yeah, I think Gold Coast comfortably. So, all right, yeah, tender go, tender go, lovey. Yeah, I think you said Gold Coast. Um, yep, Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne, 10th versus 14th. Hawthorne, well, Hawthorne are starting to drop away a bit now. Uh, so yep. for me, the dogs are starting to get a couple of players back in. Um, they get Lockie Hunter in this week. They get Josh, Josh Bruce potentially the week after. They have to win this, uh, and I think they will by about 17 points. Yeah, I tend to think the doggies too. For the reasons I've said, they're getting, get, getting a bit of their cattle back. Um, Bruce back in a couple of weeks' time will be a massive in for them coming up to finals and trying to make finals. So, yeah, I think doggies have to win. Yeah, I would love, still love to see the doggies the doggies get up and get on a bit of a run now. Um, I think they can do it, and I think they're going to win by about four to five goals. So big effort by Norton um, and the new little tip rat um, with a with a done elbow, uh, kicked five five goals before half time. Incredible effort. Cheesy uh, played well. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, absolute lights out. To be honest, I don't. Yeah. You probably won't have another performance like that. So sadly, he got injured. Um, and cost he's playing this week. No, he's not. No, no, he's playing. Bevo he said tonight, playing. no playing. Ruled him he's out. He's playing. Right. He will play. You watch. He will play. Yeah, try and keep him back after you kick I'll five goals. I'll put my left nut so on it. Ooh, left nut. Here's a question for you. Did either of you <laughs> boys notice, and it probably couldn't have happened because you don't kick that many goals in a half unless you're absolutely out there every second. But did he come off in between any of those goals? The old standard rule these days, get off the ground after you kick one? No, he stayed on. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And it's good to see it's back. Someone's done it, finally. Stay out there. If you're running hot, get them the ball. You're on fire. fire. Well, I think think on that, uh, just real quick, You'll notice if it's it's a lot of midfielders that do come off predominantly after yep. they've kicked the goal. They come off for their spell anyway. That they're scheduled to come off. I hate it when a forward comes off after he's kicked one or two quick goals, and, and they say, "Well, yeah, but you're in the rotations. You've got to come off." It's like sports signers piss off. I mean, no, I don't. I'm not. Get, I'm not coming off. I'm on. Leave me alone. Imagine yeah, trying to tell Wayne Carey he's kicked two goals in the first five minutes of a game. Oh, mate, it's your turn to come off in the rotation. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. Yeah, if you're running super hot, stay out there and get the yep. ball to them. Clear out. Yep. Clear out, they say, as a forward. That's right. Give them an opportunity. All right, let's – let's. Um, we all went Bulldogs there. Yep. Let's yep. go uh, ninth versus 13th. Here is a massive game. Massive game, I reckon. Yeah. Collingwood, Collingwood are surprising me. Collingwood are surprising you? Yep. Yeah, they are. Um, I think – you know, I, I don't like them as a football club in general, but um, they're—I think they're outperforming compared to what they were probably going to be uh, classified as this year. They've certainly won a lot more games to this point in the year. I thought they would. Um, they should, and they should. You know, everyone has milestone games. Well, Mason Cox became an Australian citizen today, so they, 
you know, they'll be fired up for that. They've got no more cheeky Americans on their list. They're now all full-blooded <laughs> Australians on the on the on the on the uh, Magpie list. So no that's a, if that's not enough motivation to win a game of football, I don't know what is. Go to citizenship. Yep, play that angle nice. for sure. I wonder if he got some some glasses with the Australian flag on them. You know those little cheeky Australian Australian sunnies to wear. <laughs> That'd be a piss take if he put those on. Oh mate, now he's not sponsored by Speedo yet. I don't know. I noticed uh, he's got one day the dark lens and one that's not a dark lens. So what's going on yeah. there? Does one drop out? I don't, or... I don't get that. I noticed that too. I don't get that. Doesn't yeah. make sense. This this. This whole attention-seeking thing I was talking about before in my fucking fire-up. I uh, tell you, what, no, I'm joking. I'm sure he's got a. I'm sure he's got a a, a, a eye issue. There's no doubt about it. But I, you know, I'm with you. I just I've never seen it like that. I've never seen anything like that before. Like, you ever seen anyone wear sunglasses with two shades like that? Yeah, exactly. Two shades. The only one I ever it. saw do that is either you've got a issue with one of your one of your eyes. And you've got to yep. wear a different lens or a dark lens or... or different um, description, yep. Or the great man from Dr. Hook that had the, uh, <laughs> the old patch. Yes. So, um, yeah. When you're in love with a beautiful woman. There you go. Can't. I had to let you go there, cousin. Hang yourself on that one. <laughs> but, um, Good right, band. Who do, who do you reckon, cuz? Who do you reckon? Ninth versus 13th. Collingwood I give the Jedi a sneaky chance. I think the go won't play. Okay, Toby Green running super red hot at the moment. Well, we know uh, what not happens fine. this week. How many does he kick? He gets them over the line with six. Ooh, six, seven last week, six this week. Massive couple of weeks for Toby Green if that's the case. No, no, I, I'm going the opposite way. I think, um, I think that maniac they got across half back. Uh, their, their deputy vice captain, what's his name? Uh, Maynard. I think he'll go straight to Toby Green and he'll just put him into the fence about 54 times in the game. Um, oh, I think Collingwood win this by about four goals. Yep. I reckon Pies by six and Toby Green to kick two. But Toby Green's going to get reported for exactly that reason. <laughs> Maynard. Maynard. He's a little... Oh, he's a great player. There was a rumour that he was coming to Melbourne at one stage and I was super excited because he's exactly the player that you want. Um, I would definitely put my hand up for him, but there's no way Collingwood are going to let him go. So, He's He's a pie for life, that one. Did you go to D-Lar? He did. Did you? Shut up. Shut up. Where is he? he? He's not in that photo, mate. He's a lot younger than me. Glenn, you always angle your little bloody footy under 19 career every single week into this podcast. I didn't. He went to D-Lar. That's a fact. We get sick of it. We he was photo- it, he was he was photographed on the news wearing a DLSL football pole um skivvy hoodie. I didn't realise. I didn't realise I'd have to include you and my lovey losers at set earlier tonight, <laughs> but now I have to. You're another addition. It's just all you about go. you, Glenn. Right, let's get into it. <laughs> Cars from Dealer. Right. Um <laughs> we're going with Seventh versus eighth. Now, I reckon this is one for the top eight. This is a battle for the top eight right there. Seventh versus eighth. Sydney versus St Kilda. This one's in Sydney. Have you seen St Kilda's draw? We'll come to the draw in two seconds. Let's, okay. We'll go so quickly through this the game, game and we'll run through the draw. So this game, look, St Kilda for me, it, it, 
the it, it was the manner in which they played against us uh, last week against Essendon, which would have been pretty concerning. Um, their best is their best and their worst are so far apart. Um, I just think Sydney are too much of a machine, too consistent. Know how to play, Buddy's Buddy's doing a lot more than what the scoreboard is probably suggesting. Um, he's actually in pretty good form. So for me, I think Sydney win this by about forty-five points. Cuz I think Sydney up there. They, as as Lovey said, they've got a pretty good system up there, and I think I think that that loss last week will cost the Saints big time. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Sydney by six goals. Now I, I heard someone saying that they reckon Buddy's on the big slide, and his games are getting worse and worse. I just totally disagree. I reckon he's the absolute. One of the best field kickers, and I'd love to see him brought up the ground more. I think he should be start at the but wing think... and just run straight down the middle or the side of the, that wing and own it like Langdon does at Melbourne, and just launch one into into the middle, mate. I think that's that's where the where he should well, be right now. You know what? People that are saying that about Buddy are uneducated about the role that he's playing in the team. Pure and simple. He is yep. starting halfway up the ground. He is starting at the pretty much about forty meters out. You know the, the, these clowns that are that are on his back. They expect him to kick three goals a game on average. Still, it's not going to happen anymore. It's not the role he's being asked to play. Mm. It's that simple. It's, it, it, the amount of times that he attracts two or three to the ball, they they, they then go to the free Sydney player that he's he's generated. So as far as I'm concerned. Um, his output's fine, and if anyone if anyone's going to dump a bloke, they're not playing well. It'd be Johnny Longbite, right? So, I don't think Horse would be putting up with a bloke if he's not performing. So, for me, stupid stuff, stupid stuff being said about Buddy. Yep. All right, Dave. Thanks for joining us, mate. From Kids Camp, uh, we we want to know what you're doing at Kids Camp, Dave. Uh, hopefully, time at Bank Camp. We had some uh, calls that you're cooking a big carbonara. Yeah, absolutely, no Bank Camp. Um, we look, no flutes. we look forward to hearing no the story about band camp. There was another one. What's your what's your most favourite camp kind of college um, movie from back in the day, boys? What have you got? You got one? Oh, Stand by Me. Yes, <laughs> Stand by Me. Stand by Me was good. Um, grown Ups. <laughs> right. It's got to be Revenge of the Nerds. Got to be. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay? Got to be. Anyway, we look forward to hearing from What was the name Dave. of the big bully in that? What was his name again? Um, the Lambda Lambdas Ted, versus the Alpha Bays. Was it Ted McGinley played the bully? No. He, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was the um, Alpha Beta jock, but there was a massive, big, massive dude that was just, let's go get some nerds. Like, he just, <laughs> just a complete meathead. I can't nerds. remember his name. Yeah. And Dave's chimed in with Adventure Camp. I'd like to hear what these days adventure is. Dave, you yeah. would take them on the best adventure of all time and get these kids lost out in the bush. Uh, where are you, Dave? Kuna, and just Warra, leave them there. Kunawara. <laughs> Kuna who? Kunawara. If you hear it on the news, you know where Dave's got the kids lost. So look out. The fan of blokes strumming, uh, strumming a, a guitar leaning up against a tree. Yes. That'll be the news. It will be. It's not, a, not a kid's school, Cam, but for the wine legend of South Australia, he's on a junket. Good idea, Dave. You're taking them all to the winery. Beautiful effort. <laughs> all right, let's go with the next game, boys. The Cats 
The, we're going into the top eight now. The Cats versus the Tigers. Um, Cats me, by five. Yep, for me, Tigers. Tigers get them by two goals. It's going to be a close one. What do you reckon, Lovey? Because it's at the G, I agree. I think the Tigers by about eight points. I reckon this would be a cracker. This would be a bloody good game of football. Yeah, home game for the Cats at the G. It's an interesting yeah, one. I, I don't think the Cats would be too happy about that, but it is what it is. Um, for me, it just Richmond are starting to get their players back as well, um, and they're starting to play some, some good football. So for me, I think Richmond um, we should get up by just, just over a goal. Perfect. Righto. Um, Frio and Carlton. This is an interesting one. I take it it's at Fremantle. No, it's at Marvel. Is it? Marvel. Yeah. Beautiful. Nice of them to put not put who's first or second or where, where the games are. Unless Fremantle are playing a home game at Marvel. What's going on there? I don't think no, so. Also, Carlton suffered their worst loss this year over at Perth Stadium to Frio. I don't know if you remember it. They got absolutely pantsed. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Mm. yep. So it's at Marvel. Um, look, Frio don't have a lot of tall forwards. So it probably plays into, uh, or any gun forwards, I should say. Like They don't have a Hawkins and um, Jeremy Cameron combo or anything like that. Um, so that helps Carlton. But the problem is it's on a fast track. And Freo are the quickest team, plus they're, they're really good on the inside at the moment. Um, and they've got resting Ruckman. They have got Tabana. Uh, I just don't know if Carlton can cover the, 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 uh, the, the pace and the firepower up forward uh, for for them to get over the line. So for me, I think Freo would get a really crucial away win and really consolidate their top four spot. Uh, I think they win by about 22 points. Uh, hard not to agree with that one. Lovey, so I'll run with you exactly the same on that one. Let's go with the magic number of 22. All right, given that it's the 22nd of June right now. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? All right. Nice. Um, nice. Now. What about you, Cars? Oh, I think Fire, mate. I think they're a good side. I actually, I think they're a good side. Yep. How and and it's going to be... See... I didn't see last week's game, but it had five fit back in, guys. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. like another player. It was fine. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't try and overuse him or try and get him into the game. He had to work his way into it, and he kind of did. Um, yeah. I think he kicked a couple, about a dozen or so touches. Yeah, uh, look, that's his role for this year, I think. Anyway, I, I honestly think how good's that? How good's he? He's going to get the fourth best defender every yeah. time he plays up forward. It's just going to be a nightmare to try and match up on. Yeah, he's a tough matchup for sure. Oh, for sure. Mate, it's ridiculous. And I think it's a great call. He, he'll let the boys up the ground do their thing like they've been doing and not upset that middle mix. He could go in and pinch hit if it's not working, but I think it's a great move to come down and be super damaging. Who, um, who's Melbourne's for... fourth best defender? Max Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> we slide him back when it's all going pear-shaped. So, but you get, um, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, the fourth defender is yeah. a real tough thing there. Definitely, definitely. Um, and they're normally not one with size too. Um, and Fife yeah. has still got a bit of size and super strong. So yeah. he's, a, he's a super tough matchup. All right, let's go to arguably the game match of the round that kicks off, kicks off the round too. Brisbane versus 
Melbourne. Now, this is in at the MCG, first versus second. Melbourne is starting for short pace, short paced, placed favourites. Um, short price favourite? Short price, price money, though. Dollar fifty nine for two thirty two, and I and they say he's shortening. They say shortening in the ring. So, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts, Cuz? I think the lines, mate, with no no maxi. They've just announced a couple of players out, mate. I don't know if you've read the news. Who's out? No Zorko. Is that a loss? Not as big as Max. Not as good as Max Gorn, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, there's another one. There is another Richard one. Champion? Find it. <laughs> no, Zach Zach Bailey's out as well, which is I reckon's a bigger loss. Okay. That's that's fine. That's goal that's that's goal kicking ability and lots of pace around the middle of the ground. Um yep. I would never I, I would never thought I'd say this this year. But to pick against Melbourne on the MCG is sounds ridiculous. But I think on form at the moment, I am now officially a little concerned for Melbourne in terms of just their their, co- their, their cohesion. They still couldn't find a goal last week. Um, Wiedemann comes back in, which helps. But the problem is you just don't have Max Gorn basically generating the structures that you guys run with. So... Uh, it's a lot for Luke Jackson to have to run with. Um, for me, it, it's Brisbane is just playing some fairly consistent footy as well, I think. And um, oh, I think in the on a wide ground like the like the MCG, Charlie Cameron could go berserk. Uh, and, and Zorko can be covered. Um, I don't. I, I agree with you. I think Bailey's probably harder to cover, but Zorko could be covered. You've got midfielders galore in, in the Brisbane team. So for me, I think. It'll be tight, but I think it probably aligns me by about 15 points. Yep. And a super yeah. challenge, big challenge for to have Stephen May back. Um, he, the press, super pressure. He's got a lot of pressure around his shoulders right he, now. You know um, what? It's payback you know time. He, he, he owes that club. He owes Man, that club. Big time. He, he's, he's still considered, if I was in that club right now, I would still have a lack of respect for him. And I would, I would continue to do so until he starts putting the runs on the board and starts acting like a normal person. Yeah, I think uh, there'll be no doubt that the boys have said to him, "Mate, you owe us one here." So, I, I would have brought, I would have brought Malksham back in as well with a busted hand and just thrown him straight back in the mix and thrown them both down back <laughs> and said, "Righto, boys, let's go for it. Let's go for it." Um, a couple of interesting stories came out during the week about some old-fashioned dust-ups um, at training that's happened. Gloves off. Uh, there's some good stories. We'll. We'll oh, my favourite one is Cameron Cloak and Satana are helping. And yeah, that's, that's the best one, yeah. yeah Satana basically funny. kicks him literally right up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a practice match, wasn't it? Practice match, yeah. 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 Into intra-club, yeah. Uh, Cloak threw yeah. one, then Satana threw about six. Yeah, they get a little bit willing, that's for sure. Um, an interesting point to bring up, this is what's the Brisbane Lions' last nine games at the G. Now, this this is hard to argue that Obviously, one day this this day is going to turn, um, but it's hard to bet against. Like surely, surely we as Melbourne, we get them again. Hopefully, please. Oh look, let's get this yeah. job done. Get I think back on track. Brisbane sends a, I think Brisbane sends a big kill here. 
for me. Mm. Yeah, what's well, theirs for the taking? Um, it's their yep. best opportunity. We've got them last round again in Brisbane. So uh, we meet again in a few more weeks. So it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Right, let's um, let's just talk about the run home quickly. And they've they've ranked who be- they believe's got the easiest fixture on their way home. Um, and it's interesting because Adelaide, you would have thought every game is a tough game at the moment for Adelaide teams like Adelaide and North. So to, for them to be sitting in thinking they've got easy fixtures. Hang on. Bombers, bombers with an easy fixture. I don't think it really happens at the moment. Each game's a hard game to win. It's, I don't care where you sit on the so, ladder. Hold on. So are Adelaide playing North Melbourne, West Coast and us twice each? <laughs> the only way I can think that they must have the easiest draw. Yeah. It couldn't be. Couldn't be. Um, but it's just interesting to see what they believe is the hardest draw um, looking at Melbourne. Well, it's based on it's based on the ladder. It's based on the, the ladder positions and, and win losses at the moment, right? And yep. um, St Kilda play six of their last eight games against top eight teams right now. I don't know how they're not sitting in 18. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know how that works. Melbourne aren't much different to that. So they, you, know, you can understand yeah. why they're sitting there. But I haven't actually looked at the Bulldogs' draw. I didn't realise it would be actually... Bulldogs are tough. Will be Bulldogs that are tough. They've got five. They've got five yeah. in the top eight coming up. Yeah. Current top eight. Um, and as you mentioned, um, Carlton and Port sitting at 12th and 13th in, in respect of the hardest fixtures uh, to come. That's yeah. it, tough for them. And Dockers, interestingly enough, too, sit all those from 11 down to 17 or 18 have all got quite a tough draw. So... It's going to be a great last six or so weeks, guys. Um, but so, so look who's wait. in the box seat there. You go to the left-hand column. There's three teams there for me that are in the box seat. The Cats. It's, it's the Cats, it's the Tigs, and yep. it's the Swannies. Swannies, yeah. All three are pretty much entrenched in the top eight as it is. And they've got draws coming up that are pretty favourable. The other smoky there is Gold Coast. Yeah, um, from your from your opinions, and you've always been a big rap on the Gold Coast, and thought they'd come from the clouds at some point. Um, but I, I think it's there for the Pies too. If they if they're going to keep this momentum, the question is, are they gone too early, and can they do it? They get yep. they, they it, get yep. um, they get to Goey back and put it on him like they're going to put it on May. Um, and let's see, let's see what they got, let's see what they're built from. But you'd love them to sneak a final this year. I'd love to see Carlton sneak a final this year. Can it happen? Who knows? Geez, we cut, cut from a different cloth on that one. <laughs> well, fair to say, I've never liked Collingwood Carlton, but I don't never liked Essendon either. So, um, <laughs> what can you say? What can you say? Yeah. That's that's the great part about our game, and why we all agree to disagree and have love hates uh, different parts of our clubs. I've always liked, well, I haven't liked, but I've always followed St Kilda and the Bulldogs because they're very similar to us. Hadn't won. Well, we hadn't won anything recently um, until the last couple of years. So, yeah, I, I, I would probably go with the fact I probably sympathise with those three supporter groups over the years, and even even before when Geelong broke through for their first in two thousand and seven, and Sydney in two thousand and five. You know, it's yeah. just you know those, those supporter groups. There's there's five clubs. There's a third of your competition back in two thousand and seven that hadn't won a premiership for thirty plus years each. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, the sympathy's there, but that's yep. pretty thin now, anyway. Yep, we need to get the Saints one, that's for sure. Yes. I think so. Be good. Yeah. It'll be good. 
It'll happen eventually. Won't be this year. Like, like Melbourne, when you least expect it. Huh. All right. Um, that's probably all I've got footy-wise, if you, unless you guys have got anything else. No. Okay. no that's all it. Right. Let's, uh, let's quickly wrap up with State of Origin Game 2. After oh, a, how good was that game? Game after one. After was... interruption, to fair to say, to New South Wales' plans, um, Freddie Fidler did his best to go and have a chat to the rest pre pre first game and have a little little find out of how it was all going to roll um, from a referee's point of view, and it didn't work for him. So Queensland, fair to say, Billy Slater and team, and got the got the jump on them. Yep. So they move across to Perth now um, on neutral territory. And can they get game two done? What's your thoughts, Slovey? And who's going to win it? I, I think Queensland can wrap it up. It's on neutral territory, as you say. And I, I get the impression New South Wales still don't know what their team looks like, what, that, what their best team actually looks like. And, you know, they're, they're talking, they've all gone into camp, but Freddie Fittler's just really battling with trying to understand who he actually wants on the paddock right now. Mm. So he's brought two new guns back in, two new boys back in, and they're very good footballers. But um, Queensland just feel like they're a heck of a lot more settled. And they've probably played together in State of Origin a little bit more, a few more times than what people probably think, particularly the Gag Eyes and, and the Munsters and, and those guys of that ilk, I think. They've actually still played a fair bit of Origin together. So, and Daly Cherry Evans. I mean, yep. that guy reminds me of a. Um, he's not going to be. He's not going to be at the same level as Darren Lockyer, but he just kind of reminds me of Darren Lockyer the way Lockyer used to lead those maroon uh, those maroons teams back in the early two thousands. Um, they weren't meant to win, but under Lockyer, they always did. And I think DCE's fairly similar in that regard from an Origin perspective. Yeah, and I think the excitement machine that is Cameron Munster at the moment is going to set it alight <laughs> oh. again. Um, he, was, now, he was unbelievable in, round, in uh, game one. We were now, actually on air during that game, as we know yes. from last the week, the week or so ago, two weeks yep. ago. But I think um, my crotch accidentally came into camera too when I was I jumped up. <laughs> I was going to be beauty. Um, look, I think um, my, my big question: Did Fox come in? Did the Fox come in for New South Wales? I don't think he has. No, no. <laughs> the good news I think is he just takes the... players that have come from Melbourne Storm. Yeah, well, the good news is we've got the little Kiwi in uh, into Queensland's team, Reese Walsh yep. from um, the Warriors, and I think that's a great get. He was was in the squad last year, um, but didn't get a didn't get a run. I don't think from memory. Um, but it'll be amazing. It'll be amazing to see him if they can win it to go back and play game three in front of a home crowd. I know it's a dead yeah. rubber, but geez, I'll tell you what, New South Wales won't want to go down 3 0 in Queensland. Um, it's messy because. Oh, you, you, you just, you'd be, you'd be showered, you would be showered with stuff you just don't want to be showered with walking off the ground. <laughs> the Maroons <laughs> juggernaut will continue on for a long time yep. yet if, uh, if yep. they get this one series over the line, the series they weren't supposed to win. Put it that way. Correct. So um, it's an exciting time, Sunday night. Um, now, Sunday night, I'm going to be um, and hoping you boys can join us at Timothy Wolf, who is a friend of the show. Um, we've had him yep. on um, and he'll be playing a duo and with a young superstar, Hannah Schmidley, who I saw not long ago 
um, Brunswick Ballroom and absolutely loved. So that's 26th of June. Which now, is this that's Sunday this Sunday afternoon. night. It's this, this Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so it's, it'll start at 4, 4 for a 4.30 kickoff and it'll be done yep. before 7. And then straight after 7, we're heading to State of Origin land for 7.30 kickoff. Yeah. Um, now, I will be an apology. I have purchased a ticket, but I'll be an apology. So, Glenn. Yes, mate. What are you doing, what are you doing Sunday afternoon? <laughs> no, nothing, mate. Nothing? Mine. Good. I'll pass the ticket on to you and you can go. Lovely. Beautiful. So, I'll forward that on later tonight. Uh, uh, young, young, uh, young Toby's 23rd birthday. So, wow, beautiful. We'll be heading, uh, we'll be heading out birthday. to, I don't know where. It won't be a sizzler. And we'll make sure <laughs> that our steaks aren't well done. Uh, they'll be medium to medium rare as well. Yes, to- Toby's in your court too, Aaron. Likes his steak with a bit of mooing, but not too much. Beautiful. Well, I look forward to hearing about the steak fest, um, your yep. steak fest, and I'll tell you about my steak fest. We might even do a little steak fest chat next yep. week. Sounds like quite the meat off tonight, doesn't it? Real, yeah. real lot of uh, meat off. Bit of a testosterone fest um, yep. with the meat fest. So, Cuz, I know you'd be a meat lover's pizza man. Shout out to our number one sponsor, Global <laughs> Pizza. Um, we can't we can't let great Gaz go without a, a quick shout out. Go and do the job, will you, Cuz? Okay, you mate. I will. Job, one job. I was thinking that tomorrow. Haven't you, you done go. it yet, Glenn? No, nah, apologies, mate. And come on, Cuz, this is you, mate. You're dropping the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new one. That's our new one we're going to nice. drag up. Uh, just a quick shout out to Damon Smith, who's a friend of the show, just releasing a brand new album uh, called Skeletons. This will be yep. a cracker. Um, yep. And uh, while I've got it here, let's just bring it up and we might just play, if I can pull this off, um, just a little snippet from it. Nice. There you go. At one stage, Gerald, at the start of that clip, I'm thinking, is he a musical Charlie Chaplin? It's um, where's the sound? But I think that might be the technical bloke behind you. Is that right, Aaron? Um, it might have been. I actually hit mute on myself, but realised it probably mutes the whole thing. So there you go. Um, but I tell you, Damon, Damon is a super talent, as we know, and his ability yeah. to put together film clips, launches. Um, He's incredible. How he did doing tours? Is he doing a tour for that? Do you know? He will be doing a tour. We're going to get him yeah. on in the next couple of weeks as well to tell us about all the good things he's got going. But he's yeah, got good. a launch a launch date of 29th, which is next week. Next week. Um, he's launching Today, that album, yeah, week. New album yeah. at the next Jazz Wednesday. Lab. Um, Very good. Yes, he's got plenty on, plenty on, like we've all got plenty on. So, boys, we're going to wrap it for there, unless you've yep. got anything Beautiful, else. boys. Anything else? No. 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 Beautiful, we're done. All right, have a good weekend. And on Sunday night, as I mentioned, Timothy Wolf, and we're going to go out, which I've done this little clip before, but I think it's a fitting, given that we're going to see this young lady 
take the stage again. Let's go out with Hannah Schmidley. See you later, boys. Have a good week. Um, see you guys. Look after yourselves. You too.